Welcome to Mile High Magazine with your hosts, Adam Morgan, Murphy Houston, and Melissa Moore. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Now, here's your host, Melissa Moore. Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine on this Sunday morning. We're thrilled that you're here and excited to tell you about an organization that maybe you're not familiar with. It's called HistoriCorps. It's celebrating 10 years of saving special places, and Townie Anderson with HistoriCorps is here, the CEO and Executive Director. Good morning. Good morning. Well, thank you for being here. First off, HistoriCorps. What are you? Because I think some people, even though you're 10 years old, maybe haven't heard of you. <laughs> well, Historicor uh, was actually founded in 2009, and it was founded by uh, uh, two folks from the Forest Service and uh, and uh, folks uh, from uh, Colorado Preservation, Inc., uh, which is our statewide preservation organization. Uh, it's modeled after the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps uh, from the 1930s. And in fact, we are now located in the Mount Morrison, what was the Mount Morrison Civilian Conservation Corps camp uh, in Morrison, uh, housed the uh, workers who built uh, Red Rocks Amphitheater. Oh, okay. Tell me a little bit about what is the mission, the goal of StoreCorps? Well, our goal is to uh, engage uh, volunteers and uh, students, veterans, histor- uh, uh, rehabilitation of uh, historic buildings on public lands. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that through um, public education, and uh, we, uh, we teach and inspire and coach. Uh, so it's, uh, our goal is to create as uh, high quality an experience for the volunteers as possible. We do a lot of work with the federal agencies, U.S. Forest Service, BLM, National Park Service, uh, and state agencies, uh, state parks. Uh, we tend to be in remote locations. We can be as f- much as uh, two or three hours uh, from a, the closest uh, paved road, and uh, we're um, what some people would dub a hybrid between a uh, nonprofit construction company and an outdoor adventure company. We take care of our volunteers, uh, provide them with three meals, um, three hearty meals a day, and uh, they just bring their uh, sleeping bags and, uh, and a tent. Uh, some people will bring RVs if, uh, uh, if there is a campground uh, close to the, uh, uh, the project site. Well, give me an idea. Let's talk about, just to kind of paint a picture for folks, let's pick a specific project site. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it and then where the volunteers with Historicorps comes into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, specific in Colorado, uh, uh, we've done um, uh, Hans Peak up in uh, Route County. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we're just at um, uh, Hog Park, and, uh, and that's uh, outside of Centennial, Wyoming. And um, they uh, they tend to be uh, log cabins, uh, ranger stations, lookouts, and uh, we then uh, um, we work with the partner they usually come to us with a project that they need done uh the funds are always um scarce um historic preservation is uh not one of the high priorities for any of the federal agencies so um <laughs> we try to stretch those dollars as far as we can so we uh recruit volunteers so we recruit from all over the country um uh we certainly put an emphasis on uh, recruiting locally 
uh, and then um, we uh, send them a, a pre-project uh, uh, or a pre-arrival packet that has all of the information they need in terms of what kind of clothing they, they need, uh, what kind of weather to expect, uh, what they need for camping equipment, um, directions to the site, uh, and uh, then our uh, every project has a project supervisor who is a highly skilled uh, historic preservation professional. Uh, and then a crew leader who doubles as the camp chef uh, and uh, and the assistant to the project supervisor. So um, the project supervisor and the crew leader will meet the volunteers, um, usually on a Sunday night. Uh, and then they work. Uh, one session is uh, Monday morning until Friday afternoon. Uh, and um, it can be a different crew every week. Uh, we also work with uh, conservation corps. Uh, so, um, uh, for example, Mile High uh, Conservation Corps here in uh, <coughs> um, Mile High Youth Corps uh, here in Denver, uh, we've done several projects with them, uh, as re- well as Rocky Mountain Youth Corps, which is um, headquartered in Steamboat Springs. Mm-hmm. And so when you were talking about the log cabins and ranger houses, your job then is to go in and do what to these facilities? Well, our niche is uh, maintenance and repair, um, and uh, which is really historic preservation at its core. Uh, and um, Before it falls down. Uh, well, You're taking care of it before the big leaks and before the things, foundations yeah, cracked, and, yeah. and you're doing regular maintenance so that it doesn't fall apart. Well, that's, that, that's what, we, uh, what we hope. But okay. um, uh, oftentimes uh, what we're doing is uh, prioritizing and stabilizing the building. Uh, and the reason for that is that uh, uh, maintenance has been long neglected. Mm-hmm. Uh, a roof might have started leaking. Uh, and uh, then uh, deterioration accelerates from there. Uh, but um, with the, the funds that are available, uh, we have to prioritize, uh, and we try to do those things that will keep the building standing for another uh, 50 to 100 years. Uh, and uh, the idea being that, or the uh, uh, hope being that uh, in 50 or 100 years that people's attitude towards uh, these cultural and historic resources uh, will have changed uh, where uh, there's more money available mm-hmm. for them uh, because of the value to the general public. Right. So when you talked about a historic conservation specialist mm-hmm. being there, is that somebody who's familiar with the engineering, who knows what needs to be done? Because I've got to believe that sometimes you're talking about structural issues mm-hmm. as well, and not just anybody can walk in there and say, hey, throw a two-by-four up, that'll hold it, it'll be mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, uh, we work primarily on vernacular buildings. There never was an architect or an engineer who built them. Uh, it's knowledge that has been handed down to the generations. Uh, we work with engineers when we know that we've got structural issues, Mm -hmm. uh, that are going to require a, um, uh, a special treatment. Uh, but by and large, um, our, um, um, uh, project supervisors are very familiar with log construction, familiar with uh, timber framing um, and uh, just stick framing and siding, window restoration, uh, cedar shingle roofs, and so forth. Uh, 
so they can then direct the volunteers to, hey, here's what needs to be happening. And that's what you were talking about on the project. Like, we've got to replace this, do this. Give me an idea. I know we talked about log cabins and ranger stations. What other kinds of buildings have been restored by Historic Horse? Well, uh, first first generation uh, uh, settler cabins, um, (laughs) ranches. Uh, and ranch outbuildings. Um, we've done uh, uh, the um, uh, schoolhouse uh, that uh, George uh, Washington Carver attended uh, in uh, Neosho, uh, Missouri. Uh, we did a uh, slave quarters in uh, uh, Virginia. Um, so it's uh, it really runs the gamut. Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, we've done... Uh, um, Oh gosh, they were family cabins that were built uh, uh, in the um, it's uh, the state park in, uh, in New York is uh, escaping me right now. But uh, it was really interesting because the families had rented these cabins for generations, mm-hmm. and many of them came to work on the cabins with us. Oh, that's neat. So yeah, how yeah. are the buildings selected that you work on? Um, it's. Um, uh, uh, public access, meaning that they either have to be on public, well, they have to be on public lands, but, um, you know, it can be a uh, nonprofit ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not do uh, buildings that are owned by private uh, property owners. Um, uh, the um, w- the exception might be if there was a high educational component to it, mm-hmm. uh, teaching component. But um, uh, 99% of our projects are on public lands uh, with... Um, uh, good public access, and then the second key criteria is suitability for volunteers. Okay. We don't want to put volunteers in a situation where they're at risk, uh, and uh, we um, uh, we have very strict uh, safety procedures. Uh, no one goes on a roof without uh, full harness uh, and fall protection. Sure. Um, so it's um, so that's really how we uh, we choose them. Um, we have done virtually no uh, formal outreach, uh, advertising or anything like that. It's all been word of mouth, and folks come to us, and uh, we uh, we just assess the project. And um, uh, more often than not, um, it looks uh, they, they they are uh, are suitable for us. And, mm-hmm. Um, we're just excited to be invited to be involved. That's great. What's in it for the volunteers? Volunteers, um, the uh, we have a operating model that seems to resonate with folks. Um, they love to give back. Um, they uh, they pick their projects uh, based uh, oftentimes on their vacation time mm-hmm. uh, and uh, places that they want to see that they otherwise never would have seen. Okay. Um, so uh, we used to joke that the higher the altitude, the easier it was to um, uh, to recruit volunteers. That's not so much the case anymore because we're all over the country. Right. But um, we just uh, we we can be uh, on beautiful lakes. We can be in uh, gorgeous mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be above tree line. Uh, we can be. Uh, we did uh, project <laughs> the West Shelter out in Oregon that uh, was one of the most spectacular. Uh, um, spots uh, overlooking the Pacific Ocean that you could ever imagine. Oh, neat. <laughs> so for folks who want to volunteer, and I know that teenagers 14 and up can volunteer with an adult, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do they go to sign up to volunteer? Where do they go to find the projects? Uh, we 
we start uh, posting our projects um, about uh, January of the uh, uh, upcoming season. Um, so um, in uh, January of 2020, uh, you'll start to see projects posted on our website. Uh, and what is that website? website is www.historicore, and that's historicore with an S, C-O-R-P-S, dot org. Uh, and uh, so people can just uh, scroll through the uh, projects that are posted and pick the ones that uh, um, catch their eye uh, and uh, mesh with um, their schedule when they're free to uh, mm-hmm. to volunteer. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. And where does the funding, because you said money's always tight in the beginning of the interview, well, where does that funding come from? We are, uh, right now we're probably, oh, oops, right now we're probably over uh, 90% fee for service. Uh, and so uh, they tend to be coming from uh, uh, facilities funds, uh, sometimes recreation and heritage funds. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, on occasion um, helped the, uh, our partner with uh, applications for grants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, with our 10th anniversary, we, uh, one of our goals is to um, – improve the uh, ratio of uh, fee-for-service to um, uh, individual donations, sponsors, and uh, non-project grants, uh, improve that ratio uh, with the, the ideal being 70, uh, 70%, 30%. And the reason for that is that um, uh, many of our projects, um, uh, particularly with the federal agencies, uh, we cannot make a profit. We, mm-hmm. are, uh, we are reimbursed. Uh, it's called... Uh, um, payment by reimbursement, meaning we get paid after the work is, has been completed and right. for the work that we complete. Uh, and um, <laughs> the uh, so, in order for us to keep our uh, trucks and trailers um, uh, in good running order, or you know, replacing when necessary, as well as our tools and equipment, um, we are trying to shift that to. Um, uh, fundraising and sponsors, mm-hmm. um, and we think we have a lot. We've got a great story to tell and, and a lot to offer to to sponsors and donors. So uh, that will help us tremendously. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, the um, you know the way we look at it is our, our volunteers deserve the best uh, tools and equipment they possibly we can possibly give them um, in return for. Uh, all of the uh, uh, the value they deliver to us or give to us. I, I love it. Well, I love the organization being kind of a history buff myself. <laughs> this just uh, rings near and dear to my heart. Historicor celebrating 10 years of saving special places. And once again, if you're wanting to go to the website, it's historicors.org. So it's C-O-R-P-S. Dot org, and that's where you can find out more information. In January, they're going to post uh, the new projects that are coming up and see what's a right fit for you, your family, whatever you may want to do. Tony Anderson, CEO, Executive Director, thank you for being here. Oh, I appreciate your inviting us. Well, thank you. Very interesting. I'm Melissa Moore. It's Mile High Magazine. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us. And as always, you can listen to this again and share the podcast as well if you just go to the station's website.